You've started your business. You've got going. You've got customers. Money is coming in. The business is growing. But you can't handle. You can't handle the amount of business that's coming your way. You're working at night. You're working at the weekends. It's getting stressful. How do you avoid letting down customers? How do you get it all done? When is it right time to hire someone? One of the most difficult questions in business is when do you go from being a solo entrepreneur to a multi-person business? Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to The Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series. And I have back with me Adam from Craft Box Club. Welcome back, Adam. Hello, I am back indeed. Good you are back. back. It's been back. a while since we've spoken. You've kind of had some time off over the summer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it now, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think I did. I, I think, uh, last time we were meant to talk, I sort of, uh, ran away and panicked a lot. I can't remember exactly why, but, uh, there are all sorts of reasons, <laughs> all sorts of things have been going on. So let's start with where you are with the business. Cause it's been about a month since we've spoken and a lot changes in the month. Tell me what's going on. Where are you with the business? What's happening? Because last time we were speaking, there was a lull in sales. Uh, lockdown had ended in the UK. People weren't crafting as much. All sorts was going on and we were having a bit of a panic. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always something to panic about, isn't there? It's, it's uh, the good thing about having having a business. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never a dull moment. There is always something to be working on. Yes, there you go. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So there, there, there was a bit of a lull um, uh, after the, the, the you know huge spike at Christmas time, um, and uh, but I, I've still had the the subscriptions from Christmas to to kind of cover um, because a lot of them were six month subscriptions. So I've been kind of fulfilling those orders uh, and keeping those going. Um, a, a lot of those have. Um, have kind of run off because they finished at the end of June um, yes. and new sales uh, started to kind of disappear, like you said, because of lockdown um, ending and people wanting to be at the beach and in the pub uh, and and do sort of uh, outdoor-y, you know, other, other things. Um, I think t- talking to other people it, doing, doing similar things, They've also seen that as a trend. And I think it's been a bit okay. of a, a, a trend for e-commerce in general. So, uh, you know, that took a little bit of a sting out of that. But, um, you know, didn't, it didn't, didn't feel great, Alan. No, I could sure it wouldn't. So at the end of that month, you had a bunch of six-month subscriptions running out at the end of June. What was the retention rate on six-month subscriptions? How many came back versus how many just dropped off? Uh, so at the moment, most of them have dropped off. So I'd, I'd love to have the, the exact numbers, but a lot of this is just going to be based on my gut feel of where it is at the moment. 
um, because when when all of this happened, I was on holiday, um, so I haven't really <laughs> processed all of this. But yeah, most most of the gift subscriptions have 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 gone. The the regular subscriptions that um, that came in, I'd say probably about um, you know, 60, 70 percent of those have stayed, and I've and I've still got quite a good um, solid core of people who are staying. Um, and then the last month over July, even though it has been heat waves and hot and sunny and everything, um, the, the new sales have come back. And then also some of the people who had gift subscriptions have been getting in touch saying, how do I sign up to this again? Um, let, let me know and then I can, uh, I'll sign up. And so, so people have been coming back again. Um, and yeah, w- w- which is, which has been great. Um, and, and, and they've been coming back, I have to say, without very much effort from, from my part, apart from, <laughs> uh, on, on the marketing front, um, they, they've just been coming back because they, they enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, so that's great. But I'm sure we can make, make uh, a bit more of that. So I want to dive in here. Like We'll come back to the overview in a second, but I do want to dive in on feedback because I think one of the things that business owners forget to do quite often is ask for feedback and not in a generic thing that goes out after everyone. I mean, it's useful to do that, but you know, I go on a flight and I get an immediate email afterwards saying, tell us what you think of the flight. Tell us this, tell us that. And I'm bored of filling in those surveys because I think no one ever listens. Like I've never had a reply they say thank you at the time. No one ever says, like, thanks for your advice. It actually helped us. No one seems to care. And I guess I should bother filling them in because it'll improve the service. But it doesn't really do much for me. So I'm not talking about that generic way, but I am talking about, like, these customers. You had a huge number of six-month subscriptions at that point. Like, what are we doing to capture their feedback, their thoughts, what they loved, what they hated, uh, and also an effort to get them to come back? So uh, I, I've got this rolling monthly thing with the the newsletter where I, I contact people who haven't had a box for 20 days or something like that. So their subscriptions run out and then they've had a bit of a time to think about it. Um, yes. And then some people have been getting back um, because of that. So I, I'm sending, I'm going through, uh, yeah, what, what I do is I, I pull out a mailing list from that, um, just those people, and then I do send a, a, a generic mail out, even though it's got their their name on, but then I go through that list and send them individual emails to see how it went. Um, yeah, I mean, the main thing is, did you enjoy it? Um, how did it go? Uh, and then, then from there, some people have been getting in touch and, and renewing again. Um, I... I probably, yeah, I say it's monthly. I don't think I've done it in time to actually capture the six-month people yet. I mean, they, they were some three-month subscriptions, um, and that's been quite effective for them. But that's definitely something that I need to do now, or probably you, last month, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> do you have people's phone numbers? No, I have. I don't capture that. Um, I, I've, I've only got their emails. Please, can you start? Well, so I think you've mentioned this before, and and uh, I, 
I like I, I like the idea of having the the numbers to call people up. Um, what the, what I've what I've started to do is to to try and make the website um sort of slicker to get people to purchase. Um, is is basically take away the amount that they need to enter when they um when when they do purchase. So um yeah, I've taken away as as much as possible, and that that email is just the the bare minimum. So you know is it do you think it's still it's still worth capturing those those numbers even though it might slow people down to a purchase so do you think it would slow people down to a purchase adding a phone number field do you think you get a significant drop off rate if you said if you purchase we need your phone number to make sure you get the boxes uh i i just don't know um i I've I've heard that so uh, we've talked about watching customers on the website before with this uh, this Hotjar tool and having as little as a, a drop down box um, was you know people were stopping their checkout there so um, I, I I think uh, having a phone number is probably less risky because it's something that everyone kind of understands there's the box there and um, and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just just another one of those extra things to fill in on your way that might irritate people out of out of um, out of signing up. So, what do you think the benefit is for you to have those phone numbers? Well, I, I can make people feel more cared for and get their feedback better, and um, yeah, and, and yeah, retain more customers once they're there, they're there ultimately. So could you imagine, like, you've got these bunch of customers that had six-month subscriptions, you give them a phone call and you say, your six-month subscription has ended. I just wanted to say thank you for being a customer and I really appreciate it. Uh, which kit did you enjoy the most? Yeah, I mean, that, so that's the sort of email that's going out, out at the moment um, in, in email format. But yeah, it'd be nice to nice to have the phone numbers. And will you get through to them? Via email. Via phone. So if you ring them, will you always get through to them? Uh, well, not always, but probably a bit more than email. Would you leave a voicemail? <laughs> you, you, what do you reckon? Good. Good thing to do. I, I, I would if, it's, uh, if it makes sense. Yeah, why not? So if you left... Zero voicemails, and it's from a number they don't recognise. What's the impact of you calling? No, uh, nothing. So if you rung people and you left them a nice voicemail and said, uh, it's Adam from Craftbox Club, uh, I've sent you an email as well. You can reply to that if it's easier. I just wanted to say thank you for being a customer. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? How would they react? Um... Yeah, I mean that's 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 a, a nice bit of TLC, isn't it? They would feel loved. Yeah, I would feel loved. Yeah. I think I can't remember the last company that rung me and said thank <laughs> you. Um, but when you're building that customer base, that can be what creates the raving fans, and it's the most underutilized term. Thank you. Like, how often do businesses, other than the generic like email that comes out afterwards? 
Like we all get those emails. I get an email every time saying, thank you for being my customer. I don't actually believe them most of the time because it's automated. Hmm. Um, and I'm left wondering how much they care. Airbnb at a big one, like I spend a fortune with them. They send me a generic thing saying, your advice is really important to us. Well, the last time I filled out their feedback survey, they wouldn't publish my feedback because they said it wasn't the owner's fault that the property was on a building site and they didn't tell me about it. <laughs> um, and they banned my feedback from Airbnb's site. So, like, do I care about them? Like, it had the opposite effect. It makes me want to go get lost in unpolite terms. I yes. think I did. Um, <laughs> so, I think, like, just like the lack of care that's out there and the apathy, if you can be different, it is unbelievable what that will do to your connection. They might not refer themselves. They might not come back themselves, but they might well refer you to someone else just because they know you care. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it, it would be standing out, wouldn't it, from the crowd in terms of what people are doing. It'd be yes. very different. And I know you've listened to a few of the episodes of the podcast, but one of the things I repeat is how can you do the opposite? Because if you do the opposite to everyone else, you will stand out. So if everyone else in your industry is sending automated emails, what's the opposite? The telephone. The fax machine. The carrier pigeon. Fax carrier machine. Pigeon. I love that. Start faxing your customers. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Uh, f smoke flares. Uh, firework <laughs> fireworks. Please, please, can we do fireworks? If only, if only there was a way of... No, let's not send people fireworks. No. Maybe not in the post. Let's that through. No, maybe not. <laughs> but I, does this I, kind of make sense in terms of the customer engagement and the retention rates? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so many people are... What's the word I'm looking for, Adam? When I tell them to ring people, and I, I know this because I can see it in their faces and because I did the same... You can feel the resistance. It's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I tell you what, there is no better way to connect with people. There really isn't. Um, and if you, like, how easy is it to ignore an email? Very easy. I do it a hundred times a day. <laughs> <laughs> how easy, like, with a, with a voicemail... You don't even get through to them. You leave a voicemail. Like, do people at least listen to it? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think what I would do is I'd probably leave, if it's a random number, I might leave it to go to go to voicemail. And then you'd pick it up and you'd just go, oh, that's nice. And yes. yeah, you'd, you'd end up with a good feeling. So, yeah, you probably wouldn't even ever have to speak to anybody. <laughs> no, just leave voicemails. Yeah. Just you, you could get a hundred calls done in like 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour. Yeah. I know just leaving like 30 second voicemails <laughs> for people going, thanks for being a customer. Just wanted to say it's unbelievable what impact that would create. Cause you're right. If they don't know your number, most people send it to voicemail nowadays and that's fine. That's, it's better for you. <laughs> because they'll feel loved and they might reply to the email or they might just sign up again or if they do actually want to ring you back they can 
and they'll have a chat. Most people won't. They'll just drop you an email back to the one you automated one you've sent. But at least they know you care. It's not just an automated email. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, I'll I'll stick a box on the uh, on the website and see how we go. Are you still feeling resistance, Adam? Uh, a, a, a tiny bit. I mean, just uh, <laughs> I, I've I've just heard so much. I mean, not so much about talking to people. Uh, I know that's scary generally, but I've I've had so many lovely interactions. Some of them people do call me up sometimes and have a chat and things like that, and that's nice. Uh, and I have loads of lovely feedback from from emails, and I've got the Facebook Messenger thing on the um, on the website now, and so people use that quite a lot. Um, so that's been not quite nice. I, I I guess the tiny bit of resistance is just on. I've heard so much about this sort of friction with e-commerce. To, you know, I just don't want people to to slow down. Um, but let's give it a try. Yeah, I think there's a there's a mix between reducing all friction. And having a little bit like there's going to be some friction. Uh, my computer now auto fills the contact form when I'm buying something, which I love. So it will put in my name, my address, my email and my phone number with one click, which I am used to doing that in every site I go to. And then I'd add one final bit. We had a surprising experiment by mistake uh, for the Rebel Business School. And there were two ways, we didn't realize this, there were two ways for people to sign up to our events. They could sign up through Facebook and they could sign up through the website. And the website asked them a whole bunch of questions, uh, including all sorts of details about them, like what stage of business were they in, what their email address was, what this was, what that was, all sorts of stuff. And on Facebook, they uh, could just like click sign up and it gave us their name and email, and that was it, and there was zero friction. The fascinating bit was that the sign-up to show-up rates, i.e. a huge number of people signed up on Facebook because there was no friction, less people signed up on the form on the website because there was more friction. However, they were twice as likely to actually show up to the event. Because they were committed. They did stuff. They did a certain amount to show that they cared enough to be involved. And sometimes I think we get shy of asking customers to do things. But we should ask them to do things. Like, they need to be invested in this process. Like, they need to have... Like, oh, I, I bought that subscription by mistake just because it was so easy to buy. I'll cancel it the next month. Whereas they filled out a few questions and they're at least a little bit engaged. They know they bought it. They haven't bought it by mistake. They've done it on purpose. So I think like, you're right. There is a balance. I think going too far to just give me your first name and email address and like send me that, I think is too far the other way. And there is a middle ground here. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I think particularly because it's a subscription product. So it's you know it, it it makes sense for everybody to to be invested for a longer term than just you know buying a key ring or something, uh, you know. Um, so it 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 really is something about learning crafts over a long time, and I have a relationship with people to help them out doing that. So yeah, it makes sense. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. So to everyone listening to this. 
how can you personally connect with your customers and get them to feel like you care? Because if there was one business strategy that I could give you, it would be to care. How can you care more for your customers? How can they actually feel like you care? Because some of these automated tools actually have the opposite effect and make people feel like you don't care. Like I'm just an automated cog in the wheel and I'm just you taking my money. It's all automated. I never hear from you. I don't feel like you care for me. Like if there was one strategy I could give everyone listening to this, it would be how can you care more for your customers? Care for them. There, I will come off my high horse now, Adam, uh, and we'll get back to the update. Um, but I think that's actually really important for everyone is caring for their customers. Um, and I think if we can do that for you, the more, because you do care, I think is getting them to feel it. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. And and I think I've had the the best results where people have stayed the longest, where, you know, even sometimes the first contact has been where there's there's been something that hasn't gone quite right and because of that connection and me sorting it out quickly then i think you know possibly they might have stayed longer because they know that i was there to sort it out i I think you know a, a lot of the time people don't worry about the um you know customers um, myself included don't worry so much about one thing going wrong but it's making sure that it gets sorted out and that they're cared for in the process um, so yeah, that all that all fits together with that thought. They will become your biggest raving fans. Mm. Actually, if you could get every customer to go wrong so that you could speak to them at the start, you'd probably have higher retention rate <laughs> because they know you're there for them, uh, and it's fascinating. Um, cool. So let's go back to the update so we've had this sales that came in at christmas that have started to run out we've got some new sales that have picked up in august a little bit where else are you with the business at the moment uh so last time in in the last podcast we were talking about doing pr so i've spent a bit of time doing pr (laughs) interesting so it's a a big a big subject um so the the first stage of doing that was to write a bio. So I've got that ready and I think I'd sent it out to a few people. Um, and I was getting some professional photos done. So I've had a professional photographer around uh, and yeah, I had the photos back this week. How do they look? Uh, well, it's difficult to say when they're of you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not you, me. <laughs> uh yeah i i mean i yeah i think i think they're pretty cool um that yeah they've come out they've come out looking good awesome are any on the website so that people listening can check them out uh they they are not on the website yet they are on um social media but they haven't made it to the website yet they're, okay they, so how, are, pe- how can people have a look uh if they go to instagram is probably the best place and that's uh, at Craftbox Club UK. Excellent. So check out Adam's new photos. Uh, so where are you sticking them, Adam? <laughs> um, so all over the place. <laughs> them. Uh, they need to go on the website. Um, uh, so I've got a, a 
piece that's about me. So I need to put those up on the website. They are going out to on social media. And I'm trying to tell a bit more of a story about me because I haven't had anything on there at all, apart from one very old photo on social media. And I think people, uh, yeah, I've put a couple on there so far and people are kind of responding to that. Uh, I've also signed up to a Facebook group, which is a, a, a closed PR and entrepreneur um, pr like private Facebook group. Um, and I've been watching what people have been doing and the sort of way to way to interact on it because it's quite strict with the rules on there. So I've been watching mm. that for, a, for about three weeks, I guess. Uh, and this afternoon, um, I put my first introduction out onto that page. So the, the format is you, you do an introduction and then you do pitches after that. Um, and you, you start it with hashtag pitch and you pitch different stories. So there's people from um, magazines, national papers that kind of hang out there and they go and ask for stories and you can pitch stories to them. So you're just starting down that road. Yeah, so I've I've been having a look at it for a while um, to see how it was working, and I've just started on that um, and just posted this afternoon, um, and got a got a, a few nice comments so far, so that's good. Have you been doing any direct outreach that we spoke about? Uh, I have not been doing a lot of that. I've got to say, um, it's yeah, it's it's been it's been a stressful time <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of months. Um, I, I have been contacting the Gathered website. Um, so I've sent them a few emails, three emails so far, um, to say thank you for featuring me on, on their, their subscription boxes uh, webpage because that's driving, it's still driving a lot of traffic. And whenever I ask people where they found me, it generally tends to be there. Um, so that's, that's the one I've been focusing on. Um, and, you know, and, and, and that's it at the moment, which which is just yeah hugely frustrating. So you've just had a stressful couple of months. Mm. Are you feeling like it's time to get back to it now? Or have you still got a lot of life stuff that you need to deal with? I mean, where's your energy and time and focus, Adam? So it's uh, what, what I say is I, I'm so I'm doing this. I've got two days a week to do this and when so uh, my roof fell in um for example <laughs> uh, this is literally not metaphorically it's literally fell in yeah so it yeah it's amazing how those couple of days disappear when you're tearing a roof down and putting it back in again um so what i've been trying to do is focus on the things that i need to do so that my customers are getting the, the things that they paid for and they feel loved and all those sorts of things. So I've been focusing on just product development and making sure that the stuff goes out to the customers so far. Yes. Um, the next couple of weeks is going to be busy still because the roof is still not fixed and I'm meant to be going on holiday in a couple of weeks. So what I've been trying to do is plan a, a, a Gantt chart out like a project plan in a spreadsheet with the, with the things that I, I need to do in, in order of, you know, absolutely boxes have to be sent out as priority number one. And then there's sort of steps down to the things that are still a priority in terms of things like sales and marketing, 
very important. Um, and then, you know, uh, and then things that are less, less of a priority so that I, I don't have to think about what I'm dropping. I know what I can drop and what I have to focus on, on a certain day. And I'm, I'm picking out how much of the day I can spend on things. So sometimes, um, uh, you know, it's summer holidays, so I'm spending most of the day with my daughter, but I've got the evening. So I'm making sure I've got, like, I spend some time on this in the evenings, for example. So yeah, it's not a great time to, to, to work on huge projects or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, well you are working on a huge project you're working on the roof that's a huge project yeah Yeah, it is i mean it's it's quite good fun uh uh, because i I think you say in the bio that i'm I'm a lego fan uh and it's been kind of like it's really messy lego (laughs) (laughs) it's good fun but it's it's no good for the business no and that's sometimes the bit and you're absolutely right about what you can drop and what you can't and there are the customers that have to get the boxes every month like that just has to happen and sales and marketing in any business is always the thing that gets dropped first because you're just fulfilling the customer orders you're doing the work i don't have time for sales and marketing and it's one of those things that is not urgent like The phone is not there looking at you going, pick me up and make the sales calls. (laughs) It doesn't do that, but it is incredibly important because if you fast forward three months and we've not done any sales and marketing, well, the numbers will show in your sales and in what's happening. But then we have to at times accept like if the roof falls in, that has to be done first. <laughs> we just need to realize that in X amount of times, there will be an impact in our dip in activity in the sales and marketing. And then we have to work out what's the highest value things that we can yeah. do. And the highest value things we can do is try and keep the existing customers. In terms of the amount of effort you have to put in and the return you get back, the likely conversion, keeping existing customers is far easier, far more fun, far more pleasurable than it is finding new customers. And like if you had to drop one of those two activities, I would say drop getting new customers until you've got a bit more space in your life and focus all of your energy on keeping the existing ones. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I I think so. There's there's keeping them as in there's sort of levels of that, isn't it? So there's like keeping <laughs> the ones that are still signed up, making sure they're happy, and then keeping ones that have just dropped off. You know, kind of keeping them, getting them back as well. You know, that should be easier than reaching out to new people. I I'm also very conscious that uh, we you know, we talked about this being quite seasonal. Um, and I just really want to make sure that I also stay on top of the uh, the kind of Christmas customers because they'll be the people that I'm trying to hang on to this time next year. So I need to make sure that I'm at least thinking about that in a bit in advance so I can really take advantage of that. Well, we're four and a half months out from Christmas. So the date is now the 4th of August. So we're about four and a half months out. And my parents used to own a pub, Adam. And every, I don't know, May, June, 
my mum would ask me to design the Christmas menu. And the chef would design it, obviously, but then I would put it together physically, get it printed. I would always put Christmas tunes on uh, with the sunshine out and I would listen to Christmas tunes and design the menu. And that's because we knew that a huge percentage of our money came in from those Christmas parties and we had to have the marketing materials ready no matter what. Um, And we would get those menus out. They would all be ready. We would start handing them out August, September, September, October, people are really like, and by time mid-October, it's almost too late. Yeah. It's almost over. Like Christmas is gone. (laughs) What are you talking about? I was planning that six months ago. Uh, But it's incredible how far in advance we need to be for Christmas. And if you talk about retailers, they're planning Christmas in May and June to get ready for all the orders, all the supplies. But this is going to be a big time of year for you. But for you, I think it's just lining up the marketing and the sales. That's what we need to do because the fulfillment all happens afterwards. The, there is that. Uh, the The only thing is that um, I need to know what the Christmas box is going to look like so I can get photos out to to do the PR and to to get the, the priest, you know, the I, I pre-sold a load of Christmas boxes in early November, for example, last year. So I need to get the Christmas page set up and the Christmas box designed at least. So, you know, now, um, so that I can, I can get all that ready, but yeah, not, not the, not the fulfillment, not knowing where it's all going to come from necessarily. Yes. So I, this comes back to the perennial problem of a business owner <laughs> There's so much to do. There's so much to do. Um, Where do we focus our time? What do we do? Uh, A couple of questions for you based on this. Have you got anyone that can help you? Um, Well, so I know this this was my my, my first experience really with with having anyone else help on the, you know, with, with, you know, specific bits on the business was with the photographer uh, and that felt very strange to have somebody <laughs> else involved because um, you know like possibly a lot of us I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak uh, so I guess there are there, yeah there might be a few people around but I, I don't know if there's anyone I can rely on for a substantial bit, amounts of time but I don't think you need to rely on substantial amounts of time, I think you need clearly defined tasks that you can ask for help with. Okay. Um, And it is fulfilling X or creating Y, or even if it's just you've got three super fans and you invite them on a call to design the Christmas package together. Uh, They would love that to be involved in that. Uh, and you've got the brainstorm, the idea, the energy that comes from it. You all work together. I don't know what it is, but the one thing I do know is that you become the bottleneck at a certain stage. I became the bottleneck in my business because it was only me running the courses. And I could only be in one place at once in front of so many people. And I had to hire people and trust them for things to happen. I had to ask for friends to help. I had to do this stuff. Otherwise, 
you become the bottleneck and you only have two days a week plus time you steal back in the evenings after your daughter goes to sleep. Mm. Like you only have so much time. And to get past you, the only way is for you to ask for help, whether that's from someone you pay, whether that's from friends, doesn't really matter. So how can we help you to stop being the bottleneck in your business, Adam? Uh, I I do not know. Um, yeah, that that's that's a tricky one. Um, I, I I think I feel like if if I get some some people to help, kind of temporarily, that will probably end up taking more time to you know to get that all organised um, than it would if I just did it. Um, yeah, and I, I know it's got it's got to, that's got to happen at some point. Um, it is that that point is now. Your, your eyes are saying <laughs> that point is now. <laughs> well, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because you're right. When you get someone new, you spend more time training them than it would have been to actually do the job yourself. But if you never do that, you can never grow past it. So at some point, you have to invest the time in getting people to help, getting people to support. Um, there are some defined tasks that you can do and you can say to someone, okay, here's what I need you to do. Like, let's just take subscription drop-offs. Subscription drop-offs, you've got a spreadsheet that you can list. Here's the six people whose subscriptions end this month. And you could give that to someone and say, I want you to email each one individually and ring them ask them for feedback, connect them, leave a voicemail, say thank you. That's your task. Like that's a task that isn't going to take much training, but it's such a high value task. And you could outsource that to someone you know, to a friend. Um, you could outsource it to a VA, a virtual assistant, someone to help you with that. Like there are tasks within your business that are definable that we can get you help and leverage so that you can spend your time creating the Christmas box and generating the sales that are going to come for that Christmas piece because you need the headspace and the time to get Christmas on track. Uh, uh, does that kind of make sense? Like if you made a list of the tasks in your business that needs to happen over the next however months, which you've started to do with your chart, which of those could you get help with? Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely list out and break out the different different tasks and processes and things like that. And to some extent, I've automated them to take away, you know, to give myself a bit of, of headspace back. So doing the dispatch every um, every week is, um, you know, the the difficult part of that. So that happens, you know, happens by itself. But yeah, I, I think the you know, box packing would be quite a useful thing to to get help with. Um, and yeah, then I could spend more time on the on the setting and the PR and things like that. That that would be really helpful. Um, I just I I just I'm not sure I've got people to ask on that. <laughs> well, do you have friends? <laughs> no, not not close. There, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of nowhere. 
over here. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of them are hours away and also have children. Um, oh. So I, I, you know, I'm getting help with the roof. I'm getting help with the childcare. Um, you know, so a lot of the, so you know, my family help with the childcare. So that's that's sort of them. Them can they use up? Uh, neighbors doing the roof. Um, poss- possibly, I, I it's uh, yeah, it's it's not something that I've thought about a lot because I just yeah, I'm not sure I I see it happening, but. So here's the question that I would like you to take away. Mm. Uh, who, who could you ask for help? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and for everyone listening to this, it's the same for all of us. Like we get to a certain stage where we're going, I'm under pressure. I can't do this. I need to ask for help. I don't know how. Um, Katie, my wife, when I get under pressure with the podcast, she comes and helps me. She helps me with the filing, the organisation, and sometimes just having her sit with me for an hour and a half. She, We get more done together than I ever would do alone. Um, and it does help me. And if there are defined activities... Could you hire someone to help you with those defined activities? Sometimes that takes you more time, but sometimes it just saves you a fortune of time. Like, is there a set list that they need to ring every week? Is there a set group that you want them to email? Is there a set thing that you want them to do, a set activity? Like, Adam wants to do more PR outreach for Christmas. Like, can you hire someone off People Per Hour or Fiverr.com to create you a list of all the contacts that you need so that then you're just sending the personal email, you're not doing the research as well? Like, there are little things that you can do to make your life easier and make sure this is going forwards. And I think that's the key bit. When you get to a certain stage with your business, you need help. Otherwise, you will be ever time limited by your own energy and time. Yeah, Adam is staring at the screen. I feel like he's having ideas (laughs) and thoughts. Who knows what's going on in there? Adam, what's going on in there? It's good. So, I mean, what I would say is that I, I think, so I do ask for help from my girlfriend uh, for, for the fun stuff. So we, <laughs> we, de- we design, we're designing the kits together now and we're sort of testing them out together, which has been brilliant. Um, so I don't, but I don't feel guilty about that because that's, that's fun. Um, and I remember, you know, deep into last Christmas, I had some family around to pack some boxes, but it's, you know, having, having them for two hours or something, what I really need now is to have them do a month's load of, of, uh, of dispatch um, to clear the time for this uh, at, at this stage. Um, Which so maybe I you've think... got to hire someone to help you there. Maybe yeah. you need to, you know, find a, a local young person, a friend, someone that you can pay to help you for a day or whatever, make it a fun activity. Like there is, you are right, there's only so much that people can help because they've got their own lives. Mm. Um but if you make it a fun day and you pay them to do it, 
it, like you could actually have a really good day doing stuff together. Yeah, it could be fun. You can tell I've not not thought about this uh, whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> There's some big um, silent pauses, which I love, which means <laughs> that I've probably made you think slightly differently. Yeah, that's it. I. I I think part of what it is is that it doesn't feel like enough of a business yet to get help. Um, but it's this thing where there's, it, you know, I don't feel like it's a sort of proper business until I've hit my sales target. And then, but then I can't do that until, uh, and, you know, possibly I, I need to get help um, with, with doing that. Uh, so I, you know, I need to put the the, the time into doing the sales to hit the target at the moment i'm just not getting there well yeah you're just working on the business mm. you're not setting it up for the future sales and that's happens to all of us at times and there is a point where it's like the chicken or the egg thing of what comes first is the business grow to the right size first or do i get help first and what i've been saying to people recently is you should be thinking about the get help whilst you're at about 80% of your capacity. Because once you get to 100% of your capacity, there's no way you can get that help because you're just running around like headless chicken trying to make everything happen. And you actually have to drop stuff to get help to push on. So you should be doing it. One should be working on it before you get to the stage where you're going, ah, I can't do it. Um, and finding ways to get those small bits outsourced, supported one day a week here, some bit of help here, a bit of that, whatever it is. Maybe it's you've got your big boxing day once a, once a however long, once a month, and you have three people that you hire for that one day. And the three of you get together, do everything in one day, and it's all done. Like we just need to make it so that it works, so that you get that work done more so that you have time to do what is your highest value task, which is always for the owner selling the business. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thought to, uh, to, to, to deal with, but yeah, I know I think that's going to make the difference between, um, you know, being able to get to where I want to and not, I guess the, another way of, another way of sort of solving that problem is to get more of my time back from working part-time. Um, so, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, at, at Christmas last year, I managed to get down to two days a week doing my part-time job. Um, <laughs> maybe I should do that a bit earlier, um, possibly negotiate that a little bit earlier because we know that it gets busy then and there's, there's yes. more work that needs to be be, be done now. Yeah. Well, it's coming, isn't it? It's coming. And if you get this right, if we manage to get this pre-work done for this Christmas push, it's going to make you more money than your other job. We just need to work out that sort of balance of when the time is and how much time, because you're right, you can get more of your time back. You can buy other people's time. You can ask for help. But there is a bunch of stuff that needs to be done and someone's got to do with it someone's got to do it so yeah how do you feel about that is it time to go from three days to two days is it 
where are you with this in your head? Um, oh, there's there's all sorts of different things going on there. So there's there's with the just the practicalities of doing a a job two days a week. People don't really like you doing that because I mean I've I've <laughs> I don't think there's anyone else doing the job that I'm doing less than five days a week. So to get to three is quite unusual anyway. Um, and then to disappear for another day, I think people might become a bit uncomfortable with that, even though I think, you know, it's manageable. Um, and then also there's the the general sort of um, life goals of of getting um, towards that. The plan is to get towards being partially financially independent, to have more security to do this. And at, certainly at the moment, the three days a week job gets me closer towards that than the crafting but that's something that I want to do at the end of this and you know still so um it's all one great big balancing act (laughs) um so I think the homework for you Adam and for everyone listening to this is what are the highest value activities that need to happen for your business over the next months and there's the product and the production and then there's the marketing and the sales and what needs to be done and first thought is can you get someone can you hire someone to help you what are the easy tasks that you can train someone and work with them to get done quicker like can you hire someone to help you Can you get a friend to help you with certain bits? How can you make more fun and more progress with this? And then it is what absolutely has to happen. Like what is the key tasks that absolutely have to happen? Because for any business, everyone listening to this, there are certain things that have to happen for you for that business to be successful. And for you, Adam, it is the Christmas box has to be designed. The Christmas webpage has to be up. The PR has to happen. Well, PR, mm, that's interesting. Well, we could hire someone to make the list. We could hire someone to make some phone calls and to get you in front of the right people. And like that's a more outsourceable element that can be done. And then we've got the follow-up calls and the different elements there. The getting the customers back and do we have someone that we can do or is that is that a you thing can you leave those voicemails quickly for people saying you know i care this is this this is this and the follow-up bits especially when you get the phone numbers in the future Mm -hmm. but you know what i mean um and it's thinking where can i use other people where can i do this myself where can i buy back more time where can i be efficient but i think we really need to start being a bit more strategic with your business and where you're investing time and setting us up for Christmas. Cause I actually think we could be fighting to get summer sales now, which we have been doing for quite a few months and it's hard work. Or we could just say, I'm going to ditch the Facebook advertising experiments for now. And I'm going to focus on getting ready for Christmas And I'm going to focus on setting a business up for the long term by doing the PR, by doing the promotion, by getting the pages ready. Then when I've got all that ready, I'll come back to the Facebook experiments and the marketing experiments from there. 
But that would be what I would be saying to everyone listening to this and to you, Adam, is thinking about what has to be done to set us up for the long term and then who can do it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that's where I'm going around to as well with the with the Facebook stuff. Um, I think if I mean, we, we haven't we haven't re- revealed the final results yet. what 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 should we say about that before i before i go on well let's save facebook the results of all the facebook advertising for the next episode um okay because there's a lot to deconstruct and to uncover there and to work out where to go next because there's yeah there's a huge amount and you've put a lot of time into that and you've got a lot of learning and we need to then sort of properly wrap that up so i'd like to Mm. do that for the next episode i think this episode is all about what really needs to be done to set the business up for the future and who's going to do it because you can't do it all yourself uh and that yeah that's what i think so from this conversation if you could sort of wrap it up into a nice bow of what you're going to do next. If you can take my random musings, Adam, and turn it uh, into something comprehensible, I would appreciate <laughs> that. What are you going to do next? So the I, I need to work out what the key activities are that need to be done. So I need to break that down and come up with a plan. And I think that's going to include um, really getting on top of the PR. So making sure that I'm on the craft websites, the gift guides, if I can still get there, um, that I'm on the radar for people in in terms of the press. Um, I think I need to still keep going with the the customer retention. So I need to um, put some more energy into that. I need to make sure that the Christmas box is designed and that I've worked out the offers for that and I've got the website ready. Uh, and then um, I've just written sort of outsourcing and help uh, <laughs> and, and have a, to, to have a think about that one. Um, it's a it's a big shift, that one, because I think part of the, the reason for creating Craftbox Club was for something that I could do and, uh, you know, it, it'd, be, it'd be sort of my thing. Um, and, you know, that it's not something that I, my, my vision for it isn't to become like this big business, even as even like a small business with, you know, I've never really thought about employing people, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's quite a big shift to get into, into that. I know we're just talking about people helping out for a little bit, but it's, it's a change going from one to two people even. One to 1.15, where they help you for one day a week. Um, I never wanted to build a big business with a team and people. That was not on my list of activities. Um, I guess I want you to think of it like this. To start a business takes a huge amount of energy. Once it's up and running, it takes less energy to keep it going. But there's a massive amount of stuff you have to do to like get that energy going, to get out there into the marketplace, to get the PR, to get the sales. There's a huge amount of energy that has to go in to get it up and running. Then you can find a nice rhythm 
of delivering the boxes, doing mm. the marketing, we can find more of a rhythm. But I feel like you've got like this primer energy that needs to come in. Yeah. And I just feel like you need some help to get that going. And it doesn't mean you're going to build it into a big business. You can maintain it as a lifestyle business. You've just got a lot to do right now. Uh, and a roof to fix, and a daughter to look after, and a part-time job. Um, so sometimes we all need a little bit of help. Even I do, Adam. Don't tell anyone. Even I need help sometimes. <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair enough. Um, that Yeah, I've, I've taken that on board. Um, yeah, it's a bit scary, but uh, I'll have a think about it. <laughs> When someone says, I'll have a think about it, that normally means <laughs> nothing's going to happen. Uh, no. But that's okay. I will give you the space to have time to think about it. But just know I will be asking about it next episode. <laughs> yes. I will have a think about it half an hour before the next episode. <laughs> Naughty. No. <laughs> no, I promise. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it already. <laughs> Um, so Adam this has been great fun we will be back for the next episode where we will talk about the Facebook ads what the results were what happened whether to keep going I think we've kind of had a thought about that but I think we should have a, a more defined thought and we'll touch back in on the sales and marketing and everything that's going on um, as always you have been a legend thank you for your time and energy and for your openness and frankness because this doesn't work without you being open and honest where about whether you're going to do things or not it just doesn't work so thank you thank you the soap opera continues <laughs> it does indeed uh if you're listening to this the closing thoughts are you need to ask for help before you need it if you wait until after you need the help when you've got too much, that's too late. That's too late because you just don't have the time to organize it. So when you're thinking, am I there? Do I need help now? If you're actually having that thought, you're probably already past the point where you do need some help. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a day a week from a friend. It can be a virtual assistant online that you have a, a meeting with and set some tasks once a week. It can be you know, pick a piece that you can automate, pick a piece that you can outsource, pick a piece that you can ask a friend. But if you don't let control of your business to other people, you're not keeping control, you're throttling it. And that, I think, the bit is that you are the biggest limitation for your business. You're the person who started it, but you're also the biggest limitation. And I became that for my business, and I had to get out of the way of everyone else for it to grow past me. So think about what are the things that you can ask for help with? How can you get support on this journey to building the business of your dreams? Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Go ask for help. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.